Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the show. It is time to head back to the window with Scott. And Scott, I am Scott. I'm Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up winners and winners. Uh, we make winners and winners radio. We make up heading back to the window. It is happy. To, we're happy to be here on Monday. Welcome aboard, everybody. Hope everybody had a good and profitable weekend. Scott, did you have a good and or profitable weekend? It was technically profitable, but it was pretty close to breaking even. I won my play of the day on Friday night. Then I was up, I remember the order. I was up 0.1 units on Saturday, and then I lost 0.1 units on Sunday. So technically, I made about 0.9 units on air. I had a good weekend through drive props, etc. But as for the actual YouTube stuff, technically I was profitable. You grind, grind, grind. Hey, I got to give a shout out to Michelle. She was first today. I assume she. I could be. It could be. You know, uh, Michelle could be a, uh, a man's name as well. But I'm assuming female. So we'll find out one way or another. I'm an old man, Scott. I assume things, and you you really can't do that anymore. But it's a hard habit to break. So as far as my profitability this weekend. Uh, Saturday was okay. We, uh, had such, uh, high hopes. Um, but, uh, we got one of the bad beats. We would have been profitable on our, on our play of the day. And it was, uh, uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, it was one of those days where you, uh, all the ones, all all the ones you, all the ones you lean, they all come in Oh, and all the ones you're excited about and you're getting behind they shit the bed. So yeah, I've had better. I I got to be honest, man. I'm having a terrible football season. Um, personally, I'm about even. But as far as the my best plays, the stuff that I've thrown out there on on YouTube, as far as premium stuff goes, it's not been good. Not been good. My worst my worst season as a uh, as an NFL and college football. College has been okay. Definitely my de- worst season as an NFL better without question. Well, on the bright side, at least we went six and zero on the college football show. That's true. That's true. You and I did go six and zero. We each hit our three picks, and all I know about that, buddy, uh, you go three and zero. That ain't good enough. You're still going to do losers walk this week. So. Yeah, but I'll improve. I'll improve the record. You know, it could have been worse because at least I maintained my lead over you. Absolutely, absolutely. Michelle is always tuning in for the best plays on YouTube at work. That's good use of work time. I highly recommend that. I, I highly approve. Nathan Cernan talking about the Kansas Jayhawks couldn't cover a spread against Tarleton State. The issue that you have with a lot of these teams when they're playing against the bottom feeders, I'm sure most people don't know who Tarleton is, it's usually the first half, which is why some second half plays or some live lines might pay off in those. Kansas looked completely disinterested for about the first 10, 15 minutes. Yep. And then after that, they decided, oh, we got to kill this team. And they absolutely just turned it up. But that's usually what you'll notice if you're betting on some big uh, favorites and they don't cover. They usually kill them in the second half anyway. It's always the first 10, 15 minutes of the half where they're just playing with their food. Yep. Yep. Absolutely true. Uh, T-Train said, best weekend of my fall season by far, 7-1. and one. Hey, nobody likes to show off, man. Congratulations, Tony. I am, I'm always glad. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that gets pissed when other people are winning when I'm not winning. I'm like, I'm happy. I'm like, fuck, somebody's taking money from, from these people. That's good. That's good. That's well, I know last year for college basketball, I'm still getting the hang of it. I know last year absolutely crushed it, but I'm taking my time with this. Lost a play on Sunday with that. 
You know, it's it's a terrible feeling in any sport where you completely handicap one team correctly, yeah, and the other team does nothing. Had the over in the Yale Seton Hall game. I said one team would get to eighty. Seton Hall got to exactly eighty, but Yale scored forty-four points. So that's how you lose a total. But when you handicap one side right and the other team goes four for thirty from three. There's some of it out of your control. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Uh, T-Train says Penn State was his loser. Ironically, the only college game I hit as far as my premiums go. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, you know, we, we had that the other day with the under that we took when that number was just terrible. We said we'd, they'd be, one team would be lucky to get to 60, and it landed, one team hit 60. That was it. Bien Trabajo. Welcome aboard, my friend. Uh, by the way, who else am I not? Said? Uh, Nathan's here. He's listening at work. Excellent, excellent. Again, we highly approve. How do you feel about uh, Iwi Pui today, Scott? Thinking well, about... they play against Denver. Both teams aren't very good. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to think of IUPUI, though, because Evansville, I kept tabs on over the weekend. They lost again. It felt like they scored 10 points in the entire first half. That offense might be one of the worst offenses in the entire country. They're a bad offense, but at least they go slow. Correct. So they're a perfect under team. But the point is, Evansville still beat that IUPUI team right. by double digits. Right. So... I definitely don't want to lay with IUPUI, but Denver's been terrible for years. Yep. It's really a tough call, but I'm going to stay away on that one. That Evansville team, though, keep an eye on those totals because they should be in the 120s, minimum. Minimum. And they might not even get to 100 in half their games. Yep. Nathan Stern said, Buccaneers completely ruined my weekend as well. Yep, we had them in, we had them in the second leg of a teaser that, that we were geniuses on because it we, had the, uh, we teased the Colts and they ended up not covering, but covering the tees and NFL teams off the buy this year. Useless. Use- I don't really know what, what they're doing with their buys. Yeah. But they got to change it up. No, I don't know. Uh, Hey, let's get to it, man. We got, we got a lot to talk about today and let's get rolling here with the Monday edition. Let's find out besides me, who took it in the shorts, uh, who thought they had a winner right up until the last minute in today's edition of call the cops. All right, man, that's, uh, that's loud. I had my headphones cranked up. I thought I was getting pulled over right there, Scott. And brought back some memories. Hey, let's go back to Friday. Remember Friday? Ah, oh, good times. Uh, Boise State, minus 14 against Wyoming. Oh, <laughs> I was away from this. I had the under in this game, so I didn't care, but this was brutal. Uh, you know by... it's bad when we throw in a Friday game yeah. with the weekend. Yep. That's how you know it's bad. And especially a weekend where there was a ton of bad beats. Uh, they led by 17 with 16 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Wyoming had third and nine at its own 26-yard line. By the way, it made me look like an idiot because I said you know, Wyoming wouldn't throw for 100 yards. Up until that point, they had like 60. And then they completed a 74-yard touchdown pass. Boise State, they win by 10. If you had Wyoming... Plus the 14, congratulations. But if you had Boise State minus the two touchdowns, ugh, call the cops. And looking at college football on Saturday, if you had Tulane plus three against Tulsa, tie game, four seconds left. Tulane has the ball, chip shot 26-yard field goal to win the game. Play the song. They missed it. Oh, God. Goes to overtime. You don't want the dog in overtime. No. Tulane lost by seven. Brutal, brutal. Scott, if you were one of my uh, followers and you saw my video, you found out that I liked the Arizona State Sun Devils to cover five and a half against Washington. For most of that game, you were cursing my name because the Sun Devils were not covering that number. However, late in the game, 
Holy shit, my fortunes are going to turn around, Scott. They got the miracle. Pick six. They cover. Here we go, baby. All you got to do is the Huskies, just let them run out the clock. Nope. They let the Huskies go 63 yards, three plays, aided by an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and a timeout that was taken with 15 seconds left to allow the Huskies to reset because, uh, and who took that timeout? Oh, Arizona State did. Injury. If you had Arizona State minus five and a half, I can't, I don't know what to say to you folks. Call the cops. And looking at the Sunday NFL card, if you had the Titans minus three against the Saints, they led by eight with less than two minutes to go. Trevor Simeon, clutch, led his team to a touchdown drive to cut it to two with about a minute and 15 left. Then it's the rare situation where you have the Titans, but you're rooting for the two-point conversion because you want overtime. The Saints scored the touchdown, missed the two-point conversion. Titans won by two. And that was my best play on the video that we did on Saturday. So, good times. NFL. I had Bill's first quarter. So oh, and finally, if you had Panthers, Cardinals over 44 and a half, they had two turnovers plus two turnovers on downs inside the opponent's 42-yard line. The game lands exactly 44. God damn. That's oh, bad. bad. That's bad. All right. Well, Hey, we need a little palate cleanser. Here's the good news for today, guys, and hopefully you were on this side of the aisle for a lot of them. Let's find out who had their lazy ass sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was between Mississippi State and Auburn. If you had the over 50 and a half, you had 38 points at halftime, and you know a game that Mike Leach is involved in. They're not going to stay at 38. Game landed 77. Yep. Barry says needs to ride to the Suns tonight, by the way. Welcome, Barry. Uh, that was our silver medalist for the uh, Bet the Farm play. For the today. Bet the Farm play? Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, we're big fans of that Sun. I think we're bigger fans of Faden, New Orleans, at this point. But uh, ah, Another one from Saturday. If you had Middle Tennessee State, minus 10 against FIU. FIU. They led by 31 at halftime. They won by 40, even taking their foot off the gas a little bit there in the second half. It didn't matter. MTSU, congratulations, you were in the rocket chair. And looking at NFL Sunday, if you had the Cowboys minus 8.5 against the Falcons, they led 36-3 to at halftime, and they won the game by 40 points. Who'd you have in that game, Scott? I had Dak Prescott on my fantasy team. Who'd Went you pretty well. Who'd you take on this show? I don't remember. I linked to the Falcons <laughs> just because I didn't think the Cowboys should be laying that many points. But Atlanta, I know, is a terrible team. I don't know why they went for it on fourth and seven in the first quarter. Yep. Especially when you have when I have Youngway Koo as the kicker. I would have loved those 4.9 fantasy points for the kick. But Cowboys killed that team. The Falcons, I said going into the year, we're going to be a terrible football team. Yep. They are really, really bad. Not good. They, they've, they've, they've kind of teased us a little bit with a couple of a slightly above average performances or average performances. But they blew games in the fourth quarter before coming back in both, both situations. Yep. So they're a bad team. There's not really much else to say. Absolutely true. Let's finish it up with the Seahawks Packers. God, that's that put, talk about that. That's the put a bullet in my head game of the week right there. It was three zip at halftime and there was an absolute offensive explosion in the second half as the game landed 17 zip Packers. And that and that took a touchdown in the last, what, minute, two minutes of the yep. game there. 
Just to ask, what was the uh, total in that game again? Uh, 49, Scott. For, 49. They were looking for... Not a that close. No, not, uh, not, not that close at all. So, there you have it. I hope you guys were, uh, like I said, on the right side of this. What are we thinking about the Monday night football game? You know we're going to get to it, Brandon. Come on now. We can't we can't give away all of our thunder and, and lose everybody right at the beginning, but we uh we definitely will be uh we'll be talking about that. Brandon took uh minus three and a half and minus five first quarter. No, you're a big fan of the first Mo- quarter. No, minus minus a half first quarter. What did I say? Minus five? <laughs> minus a half. Yeah. Uh, that'd be man, you're a hell of a first quarter team if you're three and a half and minus five in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I took the Chiefs first quarter last night, even though even though I liked the Raiders there. Uh, the Chiefs have been very good at their scripted plays. Well, and- we're going to have to talk about that game, but I don't know if you want to do it now or later. We'll do it now. Screw it. Are they back? Because on the NFL show, even though you can roast me for liking the Falcons plus the points, I took the Chiefs and the over. And yep. now that you did not like the Chiefs nope. in that spot because nope. you didn't trust them. Well, I like the over, but I didn't. I did not trust yeah, the Chiefs until I, I they showed the me. I think the Raiders are. Yeah, a we both bad fa- team. we both faded our favorite teams, and how it didn't I, work I've out. I've been well. against the Raiders for a while. I, I ignored the hot start because even with Gruden, they had hot starts basically every year, and they'd fall apart around November, December. So I'm not exactly surprised they're falling apart. It wasn't even just the offensive execution because. Yes, you had the jump ball that the running back catches and mosses somebody, and that was crazy in itself. Yep. The Chiefs just looked really, really good. Yeah. And the Raiders had no answers the entire night. Now, the Raiders' defense, not very good. We're aware of that. But it seems like Kansas City just looked more fluid, and I feel like that's a good sign of things to come. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you, Scott, this is I, we talked about this. This Chiefs offense is predicated on whether or not you can get Mahomes uncomfortable and, and get him out of the pocket and seal and seal the outside, not let him just kind of slide to the right or left. Uh, the Raiders, I thought, with a very good defensive front, they don't blitz. I thought they would be able to do that, and for the most part, um, the Raiders were well, the pass rush was was kept in check. Um, Mahomes had time; he had time to look downfield; he had time to go through his progressions. And that made all the difference in the world. I thought they came out with a good game plan and they were able to stick with it and execute it because um, the defense played pretty well. Yeah, it was all, fine. All of, a sudden I, this, I think, all of a sudden, this Chiefs defense I, giving up yeah. less than 20 points a game in their last, what, five games or so? A reason why I like the Chiefs also, which is why I kind of said that I like the over, I'm looking at the Chiefs in a dome in Vegas. And since weather is not a factor at all, I thought he'd play well. The issue is when you're talking about the um actual return to arrowhead in the winter when it's freezing cold yep. is the offense going to look as good as it did last night probably not but as long as, as it looks even 65 percent of what it looked like yesterday that'll win you a lot of games absolutely true slot favor wants to know if anybody bet on the 51 point spread on saturday with the new mexico well, state game against alabama <clears throat> i got a story um, on that uh we did we <laughs> both had a new mexico state plus 51 and a half which did not work out we got however the hook. however i did slam the live line of 66 and a half 66 which is one of the dumbest live lines i've ever seen i absolutely hammered it and saban took his foot off the gas because why wouldn't you take your foot off the gas? Well, you knew we were fucked when it was the fourth quarter. They had fourth and three at the what? The forty-two. Yeah, they punted. They punted. They're, yeah, they punted. They're down fifty. They're down fifty-five or whatever. They're down fifty-one at that point. I don't even remember. Maybe well, the issue is that Alabama brought in the third-string quarterback. The second-string quarterback, Tyson, did absolutely nothing. Right. And I was hoping he'd finish out the game. They brought in another guy 
who looked like Michael Vick out there and was just running freely for 15 yards every single time. Yep, you're so, right. So you're right. Um, we got we got to do this, Scott. This is we have to address this. By the way, Nathan, answer your NBA questions. We'll get through the segments first, and then we'll get into the NBA after. Go ahead, throw one out. Throw one out because we always okay, say cool. that, and then we always run out of time. So throw one out there. Fair right? enough. Well, uh, Nathan wants to know my thoughts on the Pacers and the Knicks game. I despise the Pacers ever since they burned me losing to the Nuggets with no Jokic and no Michael Porter Jr. But they've actually played well since then, just to be, I don't know, even more annoying. But the Knicks are 7-6. and six. The issue with the team is defensively, the Knicks have looked awful. And last year, we know that they were arguably the best defensive team in the league. They were up there. Now, they really don't get many stops, which is extremely either surprising or expected, depending on who you ask, because of the three-point numbers for opponents last year. Scott, I'll tell you about it. Other teams missed a bunch of wide-open threes against them last year, like an abnormally low, uh, high amount of missed threes right. that were uncontested. They had like the so third. They had, year, they had like the third most wide-open looks allowed, and the and they were the stingiest as far as giving up points on wide-open looks. So there was a so re- you're expecting regression some coming. regression there. Right. You were expecting the defense to look worse because you'd see more open threes. They would still make shots, whatever. I can't take the Knicks. I can't. The issue that I have is besides the defense, if you're going to be relying on R.J. Barrett to be a key piece of this team, if you've watched R.J. Barrett over the last week and a half or so, he's been awful, and he's one of the Knicks' best players who takes a decent amount of shots. I know Randall's a very good player. I think he should shoot more. Kemba and Derrick Rose seem to alternate good games and bad games uh, with each other, but I'm going to go with Indiana. I think they have enough offense to keep the game close. Brogdon's healthy for once, which is nice. Levert's healthy for once, which is nice. Still got Sabonis, still got Turner. I don't want to lay that with the Knicks. I'll take the I'll take the Pacers with the points. You? Yeah, I'm I, I'm 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 the same with you. This this Knicks team, they were very good for us last year, and they made us made us a lot of money. Uh, especially, I just don't know what their identity is because last year they were known as being a Thibodeau aggressive defensive team. Yep. And this year, they're a bottom 10 defense in the league. So I don't know what their identity even is at this point. Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be, uh, yeah, last year it was, it was Nixon under, Nixon under, man. That, yeah. that was it. Uh, all right, we got, we got to do this, Scott, as uh, we find out not who pissed us off this weekend, but who disappointed us. And I got to tell you, I was on the wrong side of this. And by the time that wasn't going to happen, I was so rooting for this team. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Okay, so I full disclosure, I had the Texas Longhorns here to bounce back. Yes, they'd had three games in a row with double-digit leads that they'd blown, but I figured this was an absolute get-right spot as they returned home to Austin to face one of the uh, one of the worst teams uh, in the nation as far as uh, FBS schools go, the KU Jayhawks. Laying 31, don't care. Don't care. That's an easy. I remember number. liking Kansas on the show. Yep, yep. For no reason at all, besides I don't trust Texas to win by margin. Yep, and that's and that's absolutely right. And that's exactly what happened is Kansas got out to an early lead, and they had about three or four opportunities to completely fold up their tent, and they didn't do it. Scott, this team hung tight. Well, they they did. They just rallied in overtime and won. Well, but I mean, they they kept coming back. They had they had big conversions. They they were able to get the drive when they had it. Uh, I'm just saying they were up 21 at the half. The game went to overtime. So they did fold a little bit, but they held it together. At the Dude, it's, K- it's KU. You don't need I much know. encouragement to fold. I'm not going to criticize them in the middle of a win. I'm right. just saying it did get dicey there. Yeah, okay. 
They hadn't won a road game since 2008 in the in conference play at KU. So it was a big it was a big deal and it was a uh, it was an incredible it was a great game if you guys watched it and they did they did what you're supposed to do in overtime Scott. Texas scored the touchdown, they kicked the extra point. KU comes back. Can we talk about that call for a minute? They gave him the ball at the 12 and a half yard line instead of the 25. You mean the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty yep. on the Texas player after he scored the touchdown? Yep, absolutely. I uh, didn't know that existed, by the way. I knew that, of course, you have unsportsmanlike conduct penalties happen all the time. I wasn't sure if you can enforce that from the 25 on the following drive or not. I was not sure if that was allowed or not. No, I thought it was going to be on the try. I thought they were going to. I thought it was on the try and they'd move it half the distance and or yeah, they'd move it 15, 15 yards back and right. forth, Dicker the kicker to kick it from there. But no, it didn't happen. Yep, Barry City took Kansas live twenty three and a half. Yeah, I got some. I got a pretty good number there as well on KU. Unfortunately, I missed plus five fifty money line. Uh, that uh, you could have had that when KU was up fourteen. Ugh. Unfortunately for me, I live bet Texas in the fourth quarter plus two twenty, and I actually felt decent about it. Sure, especially when they got the ball back, they got to overtime. So I took it uh, when they were down. I think it was either 14 or they were just down seven with like three to go. Yep. I got it at plus 210 because you kind of have to. It's one of those I'll believe Kansas wins when I see it type of approaches. Sure. And then I see Texas score a touchdown in overtime, and I'm like, no matter if I win or lose, I'm winning in overtime. Like That's a great bet for value. And then it didn't matter anyway. I knew the exact play Kansas was going to run for the two-point try. I knew Daniels was going to escape the pocket and chuck the ball up. You knew it was going to happen, and yet – there was nobody covering the guy, and he caught it. Very good. Crash headed the work. Thanks for stopping by, buddy. Got to go make that. Got to go make that cheddar. I get it. I get it. Uh, how many yards of penalty? Went five yards on encroachment. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's it. Okay. Um, all right. Let's do this real quick. We're kind of, uh, of course, we're, it, we're in, in stunning fashion. We're we're running behind, but we we do have to talk about this, Scott. Uh, there was some drinking going on today. Uh, or over the weekend, as far as the odds makers go, let's find out who was drunk. What you got, buddy? So this was a college football game that I know both of us love. This uh, actual total for I don't know if we, any of us actually bet it, but we had it. Uh, it was Purdue and Ohio State. We said we liked the over in that game at about sixty-three and a half. Can I interest you in sixty-two points? Oh, so close. In the first quarter. Oh! I mean, first half, that's, sorry. Ooh, well, that's still first good. Half. That's still good. I, I like our, 28 points in the first quarter. I like my but chances. Anyway, you, you had 62 at the half. Game landed 90. So, yeah. Game flew over the total there. No defense at all, like I thought. I thought both teams would throw it around the parking lot. They did, and the game flew over. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Other Ninja, to answer your question, the reason why the Chiefs got the four yards for the encroachment, if you're within a certain distance to the actual end zone, it does not become five yards. It's half the distance to the goal. If you're inside, so they move that half the distance to the. If goal. you're inside, double the penalty amount. It's going to be half the distance. So the Chiefs, of course, were inside the ten. It was encroachment. Right. So they moved it half the distance to where they were to the end zone. Now the exception that I like, Scott, that they've done with pass interference in college, it's fi- it's fifteen yards from wherever. I like it. Like if you're at the if you're at the twenty pass inter, pass interference at the two yard line or whatever, hmm? you're going fifteen yards. You're not going half yeah. the distance. So I think I, like I, that. I think that's good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So there you go. 
What do you want to start with? You want to start with a? Uh, you got anything else to say about the game last night? As far as the chief, as far as the Chiefs go. Uh, the main thing you, I gotta you, say you, is, you the think they're are... back? I think that the rest of the AFC is extremely weak, and right now the Chargers seem to be in the middle of some midseason slumps. So they're favorites to win the division again. Would you bet them to win the division at this point? Yeah. Or do you think it's still too risky? No, I think. Well, I don't know what I don't know what the price is. I'm assuming they're back to minus one forty or so. Uh, let me see what they are. I'll tell you what; it's definitely lower than it was preseason. Yep. And Barry, you're absolutely right. PI uh, is much more punishing in the NFL than it is in in college football. I, I hate it. You just chuck it up there, and any half contact, the ref makes a judgment call at seventy yards. Unless it's right before the half or right before the end of the game. Then anything goes. You can just throw them to the ground. Doesn't fucking matter. Have you ever, ever seen a PI called on a uh, uh, Hail, Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary at, the, uh, at the goal line? Once. Once? The Lions-Stafford game against the Browns where he like completely broke his collarbone or, or like he broke his non-throwing hand. Right. He chucked it up. And they called P.I., and then he threw a touchdown pass basically with one arm uh, in that game. I think that was like 2009, but it's the Stafford Hail Mary game against the Browns. That's the only one I remember. Okay. All right. I do remember that now that you say it. Eric Catherine in the house. Welcome aboard, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you back. By the way, Chiefs to win the division. Minus 115 on DraftKings. What did I say? Minus 140? Yeah. Okay. That's. I think that's a hell of a price. I do, too. I do, too. I think, I think there's value. I think there's value there. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see anybody in the West that scares me. I mean, yeah, the Chargers beat the shit out of the Chiefs, and you know, but I don't think if they if that team that showed up last night, if that's the real Chiefs that are going going to be playing going forward, Chargers aren't going to beat that team. Sorry, I think it's a mix of the fact that even though the offense has looked worse, the defense has looked significantly better than it did to start the year. So if the offense can even regain, as I said before, sixty five percent or seventy percent of its capability, this team should still back into around. I don't know, 10, 11 wins. Yep. That might be enough to win the division anyway. Yep. Timothy Lindsay in the house. Jermelkimon is in the house as well. Boston minus three, Bulls minus one, Mavs under 209. Um, I can get behind the Bulls. I'll play the Mavs with you, Scott. Boston, I've got questions. Boston, I think, is tricky because it's one of those games which is the most difficult spot for betting, in my opinion, which is the immediate back-to-back in the NBA. You have two teams who just played against each other. Now they play against each other again. And the first game, the Cavs won. It came down to the wire. Schroeder missed a game-tying jumper at the buzzer. But that defense in that game by both teams was magnificent. It was fantastic, which is why the total in this game is very amusing. You have a total of 199. A total below 200 in the NBA, which I love because I think that it's really indicative of what we've seen in the NBA this season when it comes to officiating. You can make an argument Boston should bounce back after losing the first time. From what I noticed, usually when teams play each other back-to-back, either in hockey or in the NBA, they usually split. That's at least what I've noticed. Have you noticed the same thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I the, pretty small, yeah. pretty uh, small sample size so far, but that does appear to be yeah. the case. Yes. So they usually split. So I'd lean to Boston. Do I want to lay three with Boston? No. The play that I am curious about is the total, 
because these teams defensively are really good. But can you really live with yourself taking an under 200 in an NBA regular season game? I don't know. You know, you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I I think to me, that total shouldn't, should not be lower than the Dallas Denver game. And I mean, just because of the way Den- Denver has played as far as their defense. Well, Denver goes. at home has been insane defensively. Of course, the road numbers, they've been fine. They clearly haven't been as good defensively uh, on the road as they have at home. I think that game should be low scoring. They played earlier this season. I think Dallas scored 75 points in that game. Mm-hmm. So I do like the under in that one as well. But do you think you'll see more offense since both teams know what to expect from each other defensively? Or do you think you'll see even less points because both teams know the offensive sets of the other team? Yeah, that's that, and that's that's absolutely the question. So I'd, I'd actually like to see numbers on that, Scott. Um, I'd like to see somebody that's put together because they just – they just started doing that, really, what, last year? For, yeah, for, for the... pure selective recall, I'm pretty sure the second game has more points than the first game. But that's pure selective recall for me. Okay. I think that game's the toughest one to bet. I'm staying away from that Celtics-Cavaliers game. I'm rooting for the Cavaliers. I think they're just a fun team. I like rooting for the young, up-and-coming team that nobody really thought much of, but is actually pretty good. Mobley and Allen together, elite front court defense. That's a tremendous rim protection unit. Yeah, it is. Uh, good to see Nin- uh, Good to see Brownsbacker in the house, by the way. I know he's been here for a while, and I haven't said anything. So welcome aboard, bud. Tough weekend for Brownsbackers. Uh, I don't know. What, that it's, it's a world gone mad, Scott. That's all I can say. Uh, I know we both liked uh, – well, we both liked some plays that worked out over the weekend. But this one for Monday, if you're betting Boston Cavs, expect pain. Whether it comes from you even winning the bet to seeing no points at all, I think that's going to be a, a pretty big sweat throughout the entire game, don't you think? Yep, yep, agreed. And Jermokey Jer- Jer- Mintz is a Boston revenge game. And I think there's something to that. I think, I I think mean, that, usually, that's what I said. Usually yeah. when you lose the first game, you win the second game, from what I can recall. I think an immediate a revenge spot like that is more relevant than some revenge stats you'll see. Like they, they beat them back in November, so now in, in March it's a revenge game. I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. But, I'll say statue limitations two weeks. Yeah, but a, a Saturday Saturday night to, to Monday night revenge game? Yeah, I'll buy that. In they're, the same arena, no travel involved in between? Yeah, I, I think they're going to be ready. When your that. arm still hurts, you know, when you've still got that bruise on the side of your head from fucking Saturday night? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wizards and Sun going to uh, and going to the next day. Yeah, I don't. Anybody? You can't really argue with that. I see I a mean, lot. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about the NFL game as far as that goes. Uh, and I know we'll get to it, but. Well, because uh, the NFL game has one of the weirdest lines I've seen all year. But to just look at those two games that were mentioned by Barry, yep, I got the Wizards minus four and a half. I'm sorry I didn't reinvent the wheel. I'm fading the Pelicans. So, sorry. I really, you know, had a eureka moment and faded the worst team in the league. The Suns are very close to my second pick. However, I do find the line movement in that game kind of fascinating, where Minnesota has been so bad at home, and yet, and Phoenix has been rolling. I mean, they've won eight in a row, I think. I think it's eight in a row at this point. They're playing a back-to-back. They killed Houston yesterday. So maybe it's the back-to-back angle, but I did see money coming in on Minnesota last night. It seems like now the public's starting to catch up and betting on Phoenix. Because of the back-to-back angle, decided to skip it. I went with the Wizards, but I'd be out of my mind to like Minnesota in that spot, right? I mean, I don't think Minnesota's a good basketball team. No, I think I think that's I think that's exactly the problem. They just they can't score, Scott. They're averaging less than 105 points a game. That's yeah. 
That's just and Towns, we keep, people keep telling me he's the guy, and I still think he might get traded soon. If he's really this big superstar player, then why do I feel like he doesn't get the ball ever? I, I get that you can argue the offense maybe isn't run around him. Right. You're supposed to focus more on Anthony Edwards. If you're the best player, demand the damn basketball. Get the rock. Tell the coach, listen, I'm the best player. Give me the ball. Yeah. Town should average at least 26 and 12. Yeah. It's, and he just doesn't average that. It's ridiculous. Eric Nesbitt said he hit in the dab pen. No, but this is just it's just nicotine. Oh, uh, my God. I'd, it'd be a very different day for me if this was an actual dab pen. It would, it'd be a very different show as well. Uh, Kings Pistons, um, Bulls Lakers. Scott, I'll let I, you I'm going to go with the Pistons. Bit of a hot take there. I'm going to go with the Pistons in the spot because Sacramento, we know defensively they got issues. We know that Luke Walton is a coach that should have been fired maybe, I don't know, three years ago, but he's still there. Yeah. Detroit offensively was the worst offensive team in arguably 50 years before their last game. Then they actually played really well against Toronto over the weekend and scored 110 plus. So I'm hoping that the offense maybe was just so bad in the first portion of the year that they literally cannot be any worse. So they cannot sustain that level of ineptitude. Right. I think they'll look better offensively moving forward, but Detroit at home has battled. They've battled against some decent teams and Sacramento defensively is a mess. I think Detroit has some value there at plus four and a half. The only thing I'll tell you is if you want to put a sprinkle on it, I don't hate it. There's no way in hell I'm betting the Kings minus four and a half traveling to the uh, traveling to Detroit. I can't do that. Very nice. Yeah, I see. For me, we just we just saw this movie in Oklahoma City on Saturday as the Kings were four and a half point favorites, went in and shit the bed and lost by two. I I, I think you you've got a lot of similarities between that OKC team and this Detroit team. I think if you like the Kings, take the first half. You cannot back Luke Walton late in games. No, you just can't I'm, do it. No, going to punt the game. If you you're going to hate yourself if you fade if you take the Kings on the road to cover a number and they don't get home, and you're going to go like, well, I fucking how could I ever see that coming? Well, cause I know the Pistons stink, but I I am aware that offensively, maybe they figured out a thing or two over the weekend because against Toronto, they actually looked like a real NBA team for once. For me, uh, Kings have failed to cover four straight. Pistons have covered three or four. I I like writing, writing trends early in the season in the NBA, and I think that's a good one for right now. Kings are gonna. I'll, I'll take the points. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah, all day. Uh, what was the other one? What was the other one? Um, oh, the other one was Bulls Lakers. I can't back the Lakers, man. I can't do it. Ugh. The Lakers have played a little bit better lately, or you think they might have turned a corner, and then they lose by what felt like ninety to Minnesota, and they won the game after against you know the the Lakers aren't good. And the, I know the Bulls are missing Vucevic. They should get killed on the boards. If you want a prop bet, look for something involving Anthony Davis rebounds because he might go for about 17 tonight. Yeah. But I like this Bulls team. I, I think they're good. You, you look at who they have. Levine and DeRozan have been great this year, and they've worked out well together. And you're looking at some of the role guys. Caruso has been unbelievable, especially defensively. He's leading the league in steals, and he comes off the bench. He's really provided a solid defensive identity for that team. And I do think the Bulls, even though they're missing Vucevic, and as I said before, the rebounding numbers should be hideous. I think the Lakers will kill them on the glass. I do think the actual ball pressure from Chicago will make life difficult for the Lakers. I like the Lakers team total under here. I think the Bulls defense shows up. Okay. 
Uh, let's talk a little college, Scott. Talk me off of uh, talk me talk me out of Illinois minus eight against Marquette. I don't think Marquette's very good. Uh, the argument that you would have is, of course, Kofi not being there because yeah. he's still suspended. So you're a little bit shorthanded. So if you're going to pick Illinois, remember Coburn's not there. So just keep that in mind. But they look good in the opener anyway. I really don't like this Marquette team. I know Shaka Smart's there now, and he's going to provide his own identity. They're going to end up uh, pressing a little bit. They'll throw some different looks at the actual uh, guards for Illinois. But Smart took the job, what felt like at the last minute. His recruits clearly, I don't think, are there yet. It might take a year or two. I don't like I don't like Marquette. I don't think they're very good. No, you they're they're a team that's still struggling to to find an identity. Um, they struggled last time out against New Hampshire. Uh, they end up winning by five. Um, this Illinois team, even without Coburn, like I said, I they they you know they did what they're supposed to to start the season. They've rolled through non-con, and that's fine. But yeah. uh, I I think they're a step above. I I don't getting them at less than double digits in this game. I think is a great spot. They lost the to Sun Wu, of course, from the draft last year, but. They had several good guards who came back. They're, a, they're, they, they're still a talented team. They're a reload instead of rebuild team. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, anything else in the college set before we before we get to the uh, farm? Uh, well, looking at college, I didn't really see much that jumped off the page. People might blindly be interested in Citadel Presbyterian. I remind everybody that Presbyterian allows more points in football than they do in basketball. So it's not a slam dunk overplay. It does not carry over to basketball with the defense. Presbyterian actually plays slow, so don't expect them to shoot at two seconds into a shot clock. All right, very good. Um, I like. Bu- I think Buffalo's got some value. By there. the way, congratulations to everybody that tailed us on Marist against Presbyterian and or the over. It was the gift that kept on giving all season long, a little something from Scott and I to you guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you made some money with it because it went 7-1 and one on the season. Yeah, we lost one time. We won every other game. But that was definitely a Hall of Famer. Compared to everything else, I have to be tempted by UCLA. Minus 26 and a half against Long Beach State. They got taken to overtime against Idaho. You trailed by 12 with seven to go against Idaho. Now you face off against the number two team in the country on the road. I got to assume UCLA buries this team, right? I would certainly think so. That's that's the way it would. I mean, it's. It's almost an okie doke to me, Scott. It it looks almost too good. Um, I don't know about an okie doke. It depends if UCLA has a letdown after the Villanova overtime game. I don't see it. I think they won that game. They're a very solid overall team. Offensively, they didn't look great against Villanova. I do think Cronin's going to get his guys going for this one, especially on the offensive end. Long Beach State couldn't stop Idaho from scoring. Right. So I think you're going to have some problems. Uh, we'll, we'll do one more. We had a question about Navy and Louisville. Louisville laying 16 and a half. Uh, I don't know, man. This this Navy team is just never going to be able to score a ton of points. Um, they did a nice job against Virginia. So is that the, is it was was that their game of the year, Scott, or do they have another one in them there um, at uh, Reunion Arena, right? Uh, what do you? Oh think? no, they play in the oh, Yum Center. They play in the Yum Center, don't they? Well, what do you think? What scared me is I think I think they've already I think they've already had their letdown because they lo- they lose by twenty to Virginia Tech, um, Louisville, bad loss to Furman, dude. Um, so you've got you've got a couple you've got a couple of psycho teams here. They struggled with Southern. To me, even though even though Navy had that letdown last time at home against Vatek, 
I've got to take the points. I can't lay. I can't lay that number with Louisville. I can't lay a number with Louisville. I, I I just I can't do it. Now Furman has been a team that's been a little bit sneaky offensively over the last couple of years, where they occasionally sneak up on somebody. Right. But Louisville for the last couple of years, pretty much ever since Patino left, of course they made the hire. They got the Xavier coach, and they're supposed to be good. What have they done in the last two three years? Yeah. No. They haven't done anything. No, they haven't. I feel Not like they have the same amount of tournament appearances as Rick Patino at Iona. They haven't done anything. Um, very good. All right. So let's do it, buddy. It's time. Um Yeah, we'll just we'll just kind of roll that all into one. As you and I have put our heads together, we have come up with our favorite play of the day. It is time to put all those chips in the middle, guys. It's the one we love the best. Climb on your John Deere and fire that bad boy up because it's time to bet the farm. All right, Scott. Well, we took a uh, we took a not a tough beat, but we did we did take a beat on uh, on Friday with our fading Alabama play. Didn't work out for us, but we've got one. The first up half tonight. went exactly the way that we thought it was going to. Right. We just hoped they would actually score a touchdown. Yep. Yep. We just need a. That, we that's just, all we needed. Just needed a touchdown out of them. Um, as far as this game tonight, that's where our play is from, Scott. You got a you got a thought on the side? Uh, for this one, it's the most obvious public okie doke of all time. Yep. How do you not take the Rams? At numbers. The Niners are a bad football team. Yep. I don't really know what more there is to add. And you can make an argument. Coaching. I think McVay's a great coach. Shannon, a lot of people want fired. So I don't know if Shannon's a good coach or not. Whatever camp you're in, I think we would agree McVay's the better football coach. I don't think that's a hot take at all. The Niners are injured. The Rams are the better quarterback. The Rams are the better defense. I don't know what the Niners do better. And they're also 0 for at home. So home field advantage doesn't even matter because they can't win a home game. Right. Yeah, that's uh they've they've covered just two out of two out of their eight games. They haven't been closer than a touchdown to uh, anybody that has a winning record. I I got nothing. Somebody somebody in the comment section talk me talk me out of the Rams here, guys. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't All I know is that if you want to gamble on Garoppolo against Matt Stafford. Stafford can be terrible in prime time. It's it you know we've seen it before, but Garoppolo especially has looked really really bad in a lot of games. And you look at the stats at the end and say, you know, those stats aren't that bad. And then you compare the first half numbers to garbage time numbers and you realize how bad Garoppolo has actually been this year. Yep. He has not been good. And that'll take us into this, Scott. It's you today, buddy. So for Bet the Farm, we're taking a player prop. We like Jimmy Garoppolo to throw an interception at minus 115 on DraftKings. Jimmy G has thrown at least one interception in four of his last five games. The Rams, we know the pass rush is solid. We know the secondary is very good. The Rams force 1.3 interceptions per game, which is the fourth most in the league. And historically, Jimmy G has been awful against the Rams. He's played four games against them in his career, and he has thrown five interceptions. So if you're going to give me minus 115 for a guy who should be running for his life the entire game, which is bad because Garoppolo can't really run against this secondary, and if you think the Rams blow it open, you should see a lot of pass attempts from behind by Garoppolo. This number seems too low to me. I think it should be closer to 130. I'll take minus 115 to the bank. All day, every day, this is a, a San Francisco fan base that is just waiting patiently or not so patiently for Trey Lance to be NFL ready. 
Some think he already is. Jimmy G, his days are numbered, and this is a very good Rams pass rush. Obviously, very good secondary. I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw more than one pick, but I think uh, over a half, I think that's a a very fine play at minus 115 there on DK. Yep, I agree. All right, there you go, guys, and that is going to do it for us here today. We appreciate, as always, everybody stopping by. Uh, Ted Piano, good to see him. R. Rivera, always reminding everybody, So I, because I forget, smash that like button. Hit the damn like button. Subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. You guys are the best. Have a great day. Thanks for hanging, and we'll see you tomorrow on Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. Take care, everybody.